Dear listeners, Sai Ram. We now bring you Vahini Satsang. Today's episode was first aired on the 12th April 2018 as part of Thursday live programs on Asia Stream of Radio Sai. This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai. Saram dear listeners and welcome once again to Vahini Satsang. With prayers at his lotus feet we continue this session of Shavanam Mananam Nidhyasanam dwelling on the golden words that Bhagwan himself has written many many decades ago. In the previous episode we started chapter 18 of Prema Vahini and if you are referring to the original Telugu words of Bhagwan then it is documented in chapter 6 of telugu prema vahini we discussed the first segment of chapter 18 in the previous episode and bhagwan graciously had sent to the studios a brother sai gidhar so we had sai gidhar along with sai prakash so we'll continue that discussion and move on to the second segment of chapter 18 and these segments are what we have broken the partition this chapter into just for ease of understanding and ease of uh, rumination so we will now listen to 18.2 segment and then we'll pray to bhagwan and see how he guides our thoughts today bhagavantudu attivadu ittivadu ani cheppuduru avi uha matra satyamule kaani paramarthika satyamulu kaavu అట్టి కల్పనము ప్రపంచ వ్యవహార జ్ఞానమునకు మాత్రమే యోగ్యమగును కానీ ప్రత్యక్ష స్వరూప జ్ఞానమునకు తగదు పూర్ణమును చూచుట చెప్పుట సాధ్యము కానిది భక్తులు సాధకులు వారి వారి అంతఃకరణ పరిణామావధిని బట్టి కొన్ని భగవత్ స్థూల రూపములను ఆధారములుగా కొని ఆ స్థూల రూపము ఏ అయోధ్యలోనో ఏ ద్వారకయందో ఉండేడివాడు అన్నారు అచ్చట మాత్రమే పరమాత్ముడున్నాడు వేరొక చోట లేడనియు అట్టి స్వరూప శిలలు లేక చిత్రములు ఉన్న స్థలమందు మాత్రమే పరమాత్ముడున్నాడు వేరే ఫలమందు లేడనియు అదే పూర్ణమను భావముతో భక్తితో పూజింతురు ఆ విధంగా చేయుట తప్పు కాదు అయితే వారు గ్రహించినది మాత్రమే సత్యమనియు అన్యుల ధ్యేయాకారములు నీచమనియు ఎంతమాత్రమూ తలంచరాదు తమ తమ ధ్యేయాకారములు తమకెట్లు ప్రీతియో పవిత్రమో అన్యుల ధ్యేయాకారములు కూడను వారికట్లని తలంచవలను అప్పుడు అది పరిచిన్నమగును పరిచిన్నము పూర్ణమెట్లగును కనుకనే నిరర్థక వైషమ్యములకు చోటివ్వక అన్ని ధ్యేయాకారములందు సమదృష్టి కలిగి ఉండవలను అట్లు ఉండని వారికి ఏనాటికీ పూర్ణత్వము ప్రాప్తించదు ఇట్టి ధ్యేయాకారములన్నీయూ పూర్ణము యొక్క స్థూల రూపములే కానీ వేరు కాదు people speak of the lord as having a particular nature of characteristic as having a particular form and so on these are truths based on imagination they are not fundamental truth such conceptions are valid as far as practical worldly knowledge goes they cannot be considered as valid knowledge of the absolute for it is impossible to see or speak about the purnam or the absolute consciousness 
In spite of this, however, devotees and aspirants have been framing each according to the stage of their own inner progress, some form or the other of the divine as the basis of their devotion. They worship the Paramatma as existing in some Ayodhya or Dwaraka or somewhere else, as found in places where only some image or picture exists and not elsewhere. They worship that form itself with devotion as Purnam, the complete manifestation of the Divine. Of course, it is not wrong to do so. However, they should not consider what they believe in only to be the truth and think of other forms and belief systems to be worthless and inferior. Just like the forms and beliefs of one person are important and sacred to him, it is the same for others too. This understanding leads one to the partition of the Divine. Then how can it be called Purnam, the complete one? That is why one should not give into meaningless differentiation and see all forms and belief systems with equality of vision. If one does not have this vision, one cannot attain the Absolute. All these forms and beliefs are gross manifestations of the Absolute and not anything else. So if you see what Bhagwan is saying here, Bhagwan is very clearly actually mentioning that all these forms of the Divine that generally people attribute to, they are based on imagination. <laughs> it is very clear that it is imagination. That is not the fundamental truth. In fact, I remember as a child, you know, it might sound very silly, but uh, I used to think like that, you know, as a little boy, I am told that Shiva has the moon on his head and there is Ganga flowing. So I used to think if the moon is there right up in the sky, that's where the moon is. So if the moon is supposed to be on Shiva's head, then the Shiva's head should be there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to think like that I mean, absolutely. Yeah. as a kid. Then later on, you know, then once you came to Bhagwan, this is one thing that I have found whenever I have spoken to many youngsters. You know, we have these series, Fleeting Moments, Lasting Memories, where we have conversation with former students. And I remember many students telling me this, that when they came to Swami at that young age, you know, when they joined when they were 15, when they joined when they were 17 for, you know, the graduation or their 11th and 12th, mm -hmm. they said the kind of explanations that Swami gave about the spiritual concepts, right. about uh, what they were seeing around, mm -hmm especially the inner significance that Swami was giving of the festivals that are being celebrated, you know. That is what actually captured them. Raghunath Sharma sir, who teaches in the university now, I think perhaps you know, one of the most senior teachers there in the college, he's one of them. He said, you know, the miracles and all that is fine, but what really fascinated me is the understanding that <laughs> Swami was giving of all these concepts. Same thing with, you know, Brother D.V. Chandrasekhar, who was a gold medalist and who is working still now in Swami's hospital in Whitefield. Again, someone very, very bright <laughs> student. But for him, this is what attracted him. The understanding that Swami gave of what is mentioned in the scriptures. The scriptures came alive. You know, now you had, in, you were opened, awakened to what the true culture of this country is. Later on and now when you read so much of Swami, then you know that all this is actually so symbolic. All the names and forms of the Lord are symbolic. And if you just take one example, say, take Vishnu. Say Shankha, Chakra, Gada, you know, Padma. That is what Vishnu is all about. You know, if you look at the form. 
and it was swami who said don't get carried away by that form what is shanka shanka is sound mm. what is chakra chakra is uh, time he is a master of time what is the lotus lotus represents that nature gada gada is he is the omnipotent one is the strength strength, strength. Mm. Mm. so same thing swami said what is shiva shiva is what he has the damru so he is the master of uh, sound. Uh, sound nada and uh, what is the trishul past present and future he is the master of time and what is the moon moon is that space mm. you know so swami explained that all these names and forms of the lord and you will find in every form of the lord you will find a very beautiful representation of flora and fauna you know there will be a vahana garuda is there there will be a nandi there will be a snake so every manifestation of the lord actually if, if you take ganesha also the grass will be there fruit will be there everything that is of nature will be there in that form everything that represents time space and strength correct will be there in all these forms take the, the form of devi you will find that so now that understanding is there that okay these are just forms then once you have that understanding imagine what difference of perspective it brings to you you only wish that if only you know this understanding seeps into everyone in this country you know seeps into every bharatiya we would not have had this many wars and this many differences of opinion and this much of you know bickering between one community and another probably would not have happened but i think that is uh, so clearly god come down in human form writing about his teachings and saying that all these forms are imagination isn't that something really fundamental and powerful what do you think it is really fascinating because the entire bharatiya culture if you look at it is filled with symbolism at every level you know and uh, i remember swami talking about the sita rama kalyanam for example yes and uh, he beautifully describes how you know after the the incident where lakshmana comes and falls at the feet of yes. rama and rama bends down and yes. then mother sita gets the chance to garland shri rama After that Swami describes this beautiful scene where they fill their palms with rice grains and they shower uh, each of their heads you know the that is uh, Sita would pour the rice grains over Rama's head and Rama would do so on Sita's head and Swami described how uh, you know the grains were of three colors colors right yes. mm. uh, so they were white shining diamond like grains and there were these red grains mm. and then the black grains and mm. uh, swami would say that the grains that were associated with rama mm. who is is the purusha is also his crown had many diamonds mm. and you know jewels uh, so they were reflecting the light on to the grain and they were shining bright white mm. and that represent the sattva guna mm. and uh, mother sita's palms she represents yes. prakriti yes and mother sita's palms because of the mehendi yes and also because of the nature of the event yes. they were blushing and yes. they were pinkish in color yes. so they rendered the same white grains with a red hue, hue. a reddish mm. hue right and those grains which fell far away from them on the floor they were in the shadow region so they looked as if they were black that is the mm. tamoguna mm. you know swami would describe yes. it that way and he would say see if you are in the hands of prakriti that is you worship mother divine then you will anyway reach rama if you worship rama directly then anyway you are in touch with the absolute truth but if you skip both purusha and prakriti 
and do your own stuff you know <laughs> that mm. is being engrossed in the world and the worldly without mm. paying attention to the substratum which is mm. purusha and prakriti then you get into trouble which is tamoguna you know mm-hmm. and that's why they were black so if you look at all the stories everything there is another symbolism that comes to my mind which was very unique i felt swami gave this symbolism to our former registrar of the university the satyasai mm-hmm. university here at prashant nilayam mm-hmm. professor uh, lakshmi narasimhan garu mm-hmm. swami had told him the significance of the rat that is uh-huh. placed in front of ganesha mm-hmm. okay uh, and the name of the rat is aninda mm-hmm. right the uniqueness of that rat is if, if you look at it every image of ganesha will definitely have that rat yes and the rat will be single pointed attention on ganesha yes with a modak or a laddu hmm. which is the prasad yes. of ganesha in its hand hmm. you know but its attention is only all the time looking at ganesha yes. right so swami drew our attention to that yes and then in that particular scene explained to the registrar and said see the nature of a rat is to accumulate junk hmm like you know if you go into a rat hole and see you yes. will find uh, batteries you will find plastic you will find newspaper <laughs> none of it is actually useful, useful to the rat in any way it is not the rat's food mm. uh, it cannot eat batteries <laughs> you know but it will still go and accumulate yes. and put it in its rat hole in its home mm. and uh, that's a very funny thing because that is the nature of the rat to accumulate junk mm. material mm-hmm. right so swami told that rats represent our mind so the mind also if it's turned towards the senses and yes. the world all the time is you know accumulating junk from the world totally unnecessary stuff right so that is why the mind should be like the rat and vinayaka that is one who has no leader above yes. him is the atma tatva and the mind should be like the vahana of vinayaka that is the rat aninda and uh, bhagwan beautifully uh, explain the name of the rat aninda means that which does not criticize others yes right? ninda is criticism ninda is criticism aninda means that which so the mind should not get into criticizing others mm-hmm. so such a mind if it is having one pointed attention on the self on the atma right holding the prasadam of atma which is what atma is the one that has energized the mind mm. to you know do its work the energy that the thoughts have uh, to execute the work is given by atma so that is the sacred prasadam so having its focus on the atma it should execute its role in the world with one pointed attention on the atma so this is such a beautiful explanation and can you imagine all this is packed into a imaginary yes. idol hmm. of you know you have a beautiful vinayaka and then there's yes. a rat yes. which is there right at the bottom yes. and the other thing which you know if there are any listeners who are kind of struggling with the word imagination how come you know our dearest <laughs> lord and his form can be just a figment of imagination what what exactly so see imagination we must understand happens through the mind yes imagination is not something wrong in fact swami explains this yes. further yeah. that it is not wrong to yes. have the physical form as your you know mode of worship yes imagination just means that you have created an image in your mind yes which 
you have given fullness yes. of attribution of god to yes. that is you consider that particular image yes. like say some are devotees of shiva some yes. are devotees of krishna rama yes. Yes. that particular form for them embodies yes. the absolute exactly right so you have created an image of the absolute or yes. a symbol of the absolute yes. and it is a perfectly valid form of worship uh, the vedas also declare that uh, in fact uh, bhagwan would often give this classic example to talk of why this is a valid yes. form of worship uh, he would give the example of the national flag yeah so uh, yes. every independence day or whenever there is flag hoisting like say mm. the republic day or independence mm. day or any mm. government event yes. national event you have the national flag hoisted mm. so everybody is so proud and charged they look at the yes. fluttering flag and you know give a salute mm. to the flag right mm. the feeling that everybody has is they are giving a salute to their nation yes not to a piece of cloth, cloth. right yet yes. for that particular moment that piece of cloth with just colors painted on it raises itself to the level of representing the entire nation, nation. what a lofty ideal is this right mm. so in the similar way while the piece of cloth can never embody actually the yes. entire nation of bharat yes. Uh, yes we still feel that yes, yes that national flag is yes. the representation of entire bharat and yes. all that it stands for yes uh, and similarly for all other nations yes. you know they have yeah. their national yeah. flags in the same way the supreme ultimate cannot be embodied or limited to any form or yes, name any pictureization any pictureization or yes. image for that matter absolutely but that image for the believer for yes. the one who yes. is in love with that image yes. is love is in love with the supreme uh, you know yes. embodied in that image yes. uh, for that moment it is everything yes right? in fact <laughs> i remember you know Uh, Swami used to mention about uh, these different uh, forms, and Swami said, "No, that is all Ravi Varma painting. You know, <laughs> it's the imagination exactly. of the painter." Yeah. <laughs> In fact, um, Professor Venkatraman recalls that with a lot of uh, mischief smile. <laughs> He says, <laughs> "One of those days, I think, uh, as see part of the Dashara series." Mm. Or some uh, discourse series which Swami was giving in the Bhajan Hall hmm. in the early nineties. I believe Swami was uh, one day he started a discourse saying, "Who are these three ladies? Hmm. Mrs. Brahma, Mrs. Vishnu, and <laughs> Mrs. Shiva." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who are these three ladies? So are they uh, wearing silk sari, or are they wearing cotton sari, <laughs> or they wearing six yard sari or nine yard sari? <laughs> कांचीपुरम सिल्क और बनारसी सिल्क और धर्मावरम सिल्क वॉट इज ऑल दिस तमाशा वॉट इज गोइंग ऑन सो बिकॉज प्रोफेसर वेंकटरामन इज अंटिस्ट ही बोल्ड ओवर आई सेट माई गॉड वॉट हैपनिंग यूर देन स्वामी एक्सप्लेन दैट इट्स अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग आइडिया बिकॉज इट्स नॉट रॉन्ग टू हैव द इमेज बट यू कैन नॉट से दैट द अदर इमेजेस आर रॉन्ग सो यू कैन नॉट से दैट दिस फॉर्म ऑफ द लॉर्ड इज दी एंड वन एंड द ओनली अल्टीमेट फॉर्म ऑफ द लॉर्ड एंड अदर फॉर्म्स आर नॉट कैन नॉट बी द लॉर्ड सो दैट इज वन एस्पेक्ट एंड ऑल्सो वन इंसिडेंट विच कम्स टू माइंड विच इज स्लाइटली टाइजेंशियल टू वॉट वी आर डिस्कसिंग बट इट्स अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग टेक ऑन द होल सब्जेक्ट once what happened um, we were in the punachandra hall and uh, winter vacation time you know we used to have the punachandra hall sessions yes so i used to call it started off with the school boys and yes. then the institute boys joined in later so we used in the 90s yes so so i used to 
call all of us and nice tiffin and all that mm-hmm. <laughs> then Swami would speak and then mm-hmm. ask some of them to speak like three sessions we used yeah. to have yeah. Poonachandra Chandra Hall sessions one of those days Swami came and said in this whole group how many of you are artists hmm. how many of you are artists hmm. stand up Mm-hmm. So then some of us <laughs> who have self-proclaimed ourselves as artists and we thought, Chalo, let us give it a try, anything to go closer to Swami. So we all, oh, Miran's are artists. Ah, yeah, so, so you all are artists. <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> so, ah, come, 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 Swami called. And he took us to the side where there was a statue kept. Hmm. A statue of Lord Vishnu. Mm-hmm. So a statue of Lord Vishnu was kept there and Swami said, uh, what is wrong in this statue? Oh, What is wrong in this statue? Now, it was a very artistically done uh, stone sculpture, very beautiful, very beautiful. So everybody was wondering what is wrong. Then somebody said, Swami, that uh, namam which has to be there for Vishnu, they have put a single line, it should be three lines. Hey. What is fundamentally wrong in this? Then uh, Swami said, hey, keep quiet. Then somebody said, Swami, Shankam should be in this hand, Chakra should be in that hand. It has got <laughs> interchanged. Hey, keep quiet. What is fundamentally wrong? Then somebody said, Swami, he should smile, Swami, he is not smiling. Swami said, Chee, you smile first. So, you know, everybody was giving. So, we were not understanding what Swami is asking. For. Mm. Then Swami said, there is no proportion in the body. Oh. There is no proportion. You see, the top part is so big and the feet are so thin, the legs are so thin. So, there is no proportion. (laughs) So, putting this episode in this context, Mm. what I was just thinking is, it's like, even if you imagine a form of God, you should imagine that form of God beautifully. (laughs) See, unless that form of the God that you imagine or you create in your mind's eye is so beautiful. And that is why, you know, we say, we attribute all sense of beauty to that form of the Lord. Mm. Ramyate Iti Rama, someone Mm. who, you know, attracts you and Swami's Mm. own form. So beautiful. Because... Only then our mind will be so drawn to it, mm. so captivated by it, mm. so involved in, you know, completely involved in that one form. Yes. And uh, in a sense, it's more or less like trying to focus your mind on one wow. particular thought. Yes. That Chitta Shuddhi is actually trying to focus it on one particular thought. Mm. So Swami said, if there is no proportion, how are <laughs> you going to <laughs> imagine this? So. If you imagine the form of the Lord, it's fine. But you should imagine it properly, perfectly. Mm, mm, Exactly. So, you believe that it is true. Yes. You know, believe it in all aspects. Yes. And I think, uh, just to add to what Brother Sai Prakash is saying, the essence of what you are seeking also should not be lost. In fact, Bhagavan Mm. reiterates that. At the end of the day, whether you love Rama or you love Krishna or Jesus or whatever be the form that you adore, the fundamental purpose is from the form you are going to the essence behind the form. Yes. Which is the same irrespective yes. of whatever form exactly. you would like to… Just different cups. Yeah. The essence that the is… Container is the like, container you know, is like different, different shapes and different yes. colors and everything. Yes. But the water is the same in, yes. in all the containers. In fact, uh, Hanuman had a very difficult uh, experience with 
respect to this mm-hmm. in the krishna avatar as uh, it is known that hanuman is one of the eight chiranjeevis yes he has exceedingly long life mm. so he is said to be alive even now yes. yeah. uh, since the treta yuga mm. and uh, there was this experience that of hanuman which is you know reported in many of the sacred texts uh, in the puranas also where in the dwapar yuga lord krishna and mother rukmini wanted to meet hanuman so they sent word to hanuman and uh, hanuman outrightly rejected to meet uh, lord <laughs> krishna you know <laughs> can you imagine that <laughs> uh, so lord krishna thought for a moment when he heard from the messenger that hanuman refused to meet him <laughs> and then he realized realized in the sense he understood <laughs> what was happening so lord krishna it is said assumed the form of rama <laughs> you know and he asked rukmini mother rukmini to assume the form of sita Mm-hmm. the forms that they beheld when they were in the treta yuga mm. right and they took those forms and then told the messenger right now go and tell hanuman that his rama is calling him and mm. without a second's delay hanuman was available there yes so krishna gave that lesson to hanuman uh, mm. during that meeting where he you know transformed his form back and yes. forth from rama to krishna to rama mm. to mm. show him that see while the form may be different yes. looking but in essence it is the same rama tattva yes. that was there the, his atma yes. rama was only <laughs> you know expressing as krishna also so it was a difficult experience even for hanuman at one point yes see that is what swami is kind of giving a warning yes. here he says see there is absolutely nothing wrong in yes. you know holding on to one form of mm. your choice mm. which is called saguna upasana or yes. the worship of the form mm. but it is essential as brother prakash very beautifully highlighted that you don't play down or put down others belief system or others you know mode of worship or their form of worship and consider only your form of worship as yes. the most superior because fundamental understanding that should still prevail is that the essence behind yes. all forms is one you're trying to get there yes and hence uh, this is just a medium for you to get there this is not the be all and the end all In fact, yeah. in earlier times, I used to think, if you look at uh, all the conflicts in the world, as which I was mentioning before, also, it is you know largely based on because of differences of opinion with respect to whom you believe in. That has been actually all the religious wars, <laughs> all the religious wars, and so many wars are absolutely centered <laughs> or for in the name of God. i mean the number of people who have uh, really taken to means of violence in the name of the one who is the embodiment of non violence is sad in fact i i remember a very funny incident which happened in our own family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact that was the genesis of our entire family coming to prashanthilin but oh, it's very it? funny okay uh, it kind of highlights the depths to which you know human mind goes to mm-hmm. hold on to its imagination yes. or it's you know <laughs> ascribed form mm. of worship so we belong to a a sect of brahmins called the ayars the tamil mm. ayars right mm-hmm. and then there are the ayangars the ayangars are the vaishnavites they worship the vishnu vishnu form uh, form 
and the ayers are said to worship the shiva form but usually they don't have a problem with either okay but orthodox ayers and orthodox ayangars very strictly worship shiva and vishnu there have been wars fought in south india <laughs> <laughs> by kings who were you know belonging to the shaivite sect and the vaishnavite sect and all that right so this is way back in the early 1950s mm-hmm. and my grandfather's elder sister who was the first person to actually come here to swami mm-hmm. and in fact she spent her entire life here in prashantinilayam okay uh, mm-hmm. she had amazing experiences but her level of devotion was amazing but what triggered her devotion to swami was really funny mm-hmm. so in their town their neighbors were ayangars that is the mm. vaishnavas vishnu mm. worshipers and they were of course ayers the shiva worshipers so the vaishnavites put a line on their forehead yes uh, that is vertical vertical yes, uh, yes. so swami used to sometimes joke vertical yes. lines horizontal lines yes <laughs> and all that so they used to have the vertical line and uh, our family being the ayers used to put vibhuti and uh, that used to be the horizontal lines yes. right mm-hmm. so one fine morning my grandfather's elder sister she went out to meet her neighbor and suddenly saw that those who despised the very sight of vibhuti mm-hmm. you know or the horizontal lines mm-hmm. they were so orthodox were wearing vibhuti it was blasphemous mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and uh, so she was shocked i think she dropped whatever was there in her hand you know that kind of a very dramatic thing and then she said what is wrong with you guys you know mm. uh, what has happened to you you are wearing vibhuti on your forehead mm. instead of the sindur which yes. you know uh, is vertical mm. so they said no we have seen god oh we mm. have had the darshan of god and he has taught us that there is no difference between shiva or vishnu and god divinity is one and he is very incarnation of the lord and he materialized vibhuti and gave us that is the vibhuti that we are wearing on our forehead mm. now this orthodoxy in you know holding on to only your form of worship mm. was so strong mm. that seeing the break in the orthodoxy which meant a lot means mm. meant a tremendous psychological Impact, so- yeah. sociological mm. adjustment to do that yes. you know yes. at that point of time it made my grand aunt believe that yes this must be somebody and that was what triggered her to go to the young boy who was <laughs> there in venkat muni's house <laughs> whom we all Which adore year? as swami Which year? this is i think 1953 or 54 wow, amazing. in chennai <laughs> mm. uh, you know when we had been to chennai uh, mm. they had uh, you know taken us to swami's room and in venkat muni garu's house mm. uh, one of the old devotees of swami who used to host swami whenever swami would go to chennai they showed us the telephone this is of course a, a side which just came to my mind they showed us a telephone swami's bedroom and a old telephone there and uh, they said that phone call used to come mm-hmm. to that swami would himself receive the phone and the question usually would be is sai baba giving darshan Right? <laughs> and swami would receive the call and he would you know change his voice little bit and then say yes 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 sai baba is very much here he is going to give darshan today evening at 4 o'clock please come ensure you are here in time and then you know, swami would keep the phone down How lucky. he would do his own pr you know <laughs> so, so yeah. of course so this is yeah. an interesting aside about uh, venkat munigaru's house but 
the yes. highlight is yes. that you know holding on to your image that you yes. have created and uh, the challenge with this i think there's a very strong warning and yes. in a sense swami has spent two to three lines Mm. in prema vahini which is one of yes. his core handwritten texts to explaining this aspect yes. is because see anything that is held by the mind as uh, you know elevated and sublime and its property that is what creates conflict yes when it does not learn to respect others yes. imagination and uh, yeah. what they feel is very sac- sacrosanct for them so at, it is at the level of mind that maximum conflicts emerge yes so that is why there is this in fact uh, you know when <laughs> i was thinking about it so there was once this idea i thought given that so many wars have happened because of different uh, firm beliefs in different forms of the lord why so many forms you know probably if you had only one sort of form of the lord then you know probably we would have saved so much of conflict and even then later on these thoughts you know you you had the clarity as you read bhagwan's teachings it is like asking how it will be if everyone in the world is the same and you <laughs> had only one item to eat yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have only one item you go to a marriage yes the same pongal you are given from the time you are born till the time you die same pongal everybody is 5 5 feet 3 inch and everybody has the same hair everybody has the same utterly <laughs> boring world utterly <laughs> boring world it's nothing to fight about <laughs> yeah, and nothing, nothing to be joyous about nothing to well. joyous about when the world would have been such a boring place i remember how when when this 33 crores of uh, deities that are mentioned in indian culture and swami used to say that don't try to count all the deities and all that it's basically at that point in time that is what was the population okay. of the world that is what uh, is uh, called as 33 crores of deities so i think this whole thing is each person we know is so different and that is the beauty of the world that is the magic of the creation and that is what has has made our life so interesting and in in the same way each person can relate to that a uh, source from which he or she has come from in his own way i think that is the whole beauty of the whole thing in fact swami would often tell this munde munde matirna Yes. it is you know in every skull or in in every yes. head the mind that you know occupies or functions through it is very different it's all mm. variety affair there yes and uh, the vedas make it very simple mm. you know you look at ganapati atharshisham it says tvam brahma tvam vishnustvam rudrastvam indrastvam atmastvam bajostvam so you look at narayana upanishad <laughs> even narayana upanishad will tell exactly. you, you are brahma you are vishnu yeah. you exactly. are mahesh you are agni you are yes. vayu yes. so you take surya upanishad yes. surya upanishad also, also it is said you are brahma you yeah. are vishnu you are so exactly that is something very interesting which also i used to notice when you chant any mantram yes. you take all the vedic mantram if you are doing shri suktam then that mantra will say that the mother is the supremest power in the yes. universe even brahma vishnu mahesh together also will not from equal. the toe of the mother yeah the, because ultimately even brahma vishnu mahesh they have to come to the parashakti if they have to you know achieve something <laughs> stupendous in the world you go to shiva then you'll find shiva is the ultimate, ultimate. you read narayana sutta milte narayana is the only thing that exists is nothing else that exists one very interesting perspective to this whole thing which swami mentions he says that there is nothing wrong in yes. having the form but it is not comprehensive uh. it is not comprehensively giving you an idea of 
the power yes. that God is. Yes. Right. So the form is one aspect, one way of, and I believe in um, one of the earlier discourses. I can't point out where which discourse. Swami has said that the worship of the form and the formless has to be like somebody walking. Mm-hmm. And this kind of analogy only Swami can give. <laughs> as simple as walking. He said, if you want to walk forward, how do you walk forward? You put one foot down and you lift the other foot. Then you put that down and then you lift the... He said, when you place one on the ground, you lift the other one. So also, saguna nirguna, saguna nirguna. You oh. worship God with the form, you lift the formless. You worship with the formless, you lift the form. And he said, if you do this, then you can go forward in your journey of spirituality. Wow. In fact, it's it's interesting. In the summer course in 1973, mm-hmm. Swami talks about these three modes of worship. Okay. Where he says, you know, there is the form worship, which is saguna. Mm-hmm. And the worship of the formless, yes. mm. which is nirguna. Right. And then there is something called saguna nirguna. nirguna. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is mm-hmm. very similar to what Brother mm-hmm. Prakash is just saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bhagwan uh, gives a beautiful insight to this. And uh, Bhagwan himself poses the question, whom does God love more? This is a question which kind of Arjuna asks in the Bhagavad Gita also. Which form of worship is superior? The worship of Saguna or, yes. or Nirguna in the chapter on Bhakti Yoga? 12th yes. chapter. Right? Yes. So, Swami refers to that and He says, see there are three types. Saguna, Nirguna and Saguna Nirguna. Right? Mm. Whom does God love the most? And uh, Bhagwan himself thrashes the question in a sense and says, <laughs> what a ridiculous question it is. <laughs> God loves all the three. <laughs> so, the three, according to Bhagavan, are like the children of God. Hmm. The Saguna devotees, the Nirguna devotees and the Saguna Nirguna devotees. Right? All the three are like children of God. And uh, a mother, when the child, uh, you know, cries, will she analyze and see in what Shruti and Talam the child <laughs> cries and then run towards the child. Oh no, this is not the perfect Shruti <laughs> or the beat is, sense is missing here. So, I will not attend to the child. Does mother behave in that way? This is what Swami asks. Mm. And then he says, the question is like that. God will rush to any devotee, whatever be his you know, mode of thought, mode of worship, as long as he calls out to the divine in any way, the word that Swami uses is Artha. Artha means with yes. deep suffering or agony of separation from God. Or, you know, with that pining, deep, intense pining, you seek God in any way, the mother simply rushes towards the child. She doesn't mm. look at the tune and the mm. the mode of singing. It's very interesting because Swami also uses a very specific technical term here. I have not seen this term earlier which also has a resonance with Einstein, okay. right? It's called Sapekshata Shabda. This is the word that Swami uses to describe this. The three modes of worship, why it is irrelevant to God and He would anyway attend to all the three, He says Sapekshata, that is Apeksha is expectation, Sapekshata Shabda, which means here the Shabda or the word is only of relative importance. Sapekshata is the theory of relativity mm-hmm. <laughs> in the current modern yes. scientific context. right? So, Swami uses the word Sapekshata Shabda, which means 
the calling of these three types of devotees is relative to their mode of worship is irrelevant to god hmm. the calling is important the pining yes. is what is critical to the mother answering you know the child's uh, hmm. prayers <laughs> so this is a unique thing which beautiful in fact uh, you know just like you mentioned about uh, the experience of your grand aunt and i think that is the experience of so many devotees and the other very beautiful thing you know as you are mentioning about swami i remember when you talk again to so many students you will find one brother who saying that from my childhood i was very fascinated with krishna mm-hmm. because you know krishna has that mischievousness in him krishna has all those elements which really captivate you he is beautiful at the same time he is not boring <laughs> <laughs> he is really interesting and this boy again someone who joined you know in his 11th class i asked him what fascinated you he told to me swami was like krishna because mm. swami you know swami there was that fun element always in swami and mm. he used to do a lot of magic <laughs> and he used to have a lot of fun mm. he used to give gifts and so everything that i feel god should embody you know what i see in krishna i saw that in swami and you talk to another boy mm. said and he will tell you that my father was always a great devotee of shiva and i also grew up adoring lord shiva i really love that seriousness in shiva you know i really <laughs> love that feeling of aloofness from the world in shiva and when i see swami i know that he's that shiva i get mm. that feeling that he's really shiva and you talk to another brother and he will tell you, all my life we are all the worshipers of shakti Mm. and look at swami you know he's so delicate look at his hair is so beautiful look at the way he walks he's so graceful you know he's that mother here mm. and i remember another sir like that you know brother oske shastri sir who taught for so many years for him rama was everything mm. because his father was a great devotee of rama and when they looked at swami they felt there cannot be another person who is this much stickler of dharma as bhagwan is you know mm-hmm. and all the time concerned about others so he is rama i mean when the pure consciousness when you are actually what i'm feeling is as that swami also mentions here and towards the later once you witness pure consciousness then all these you know you will see whatever you imagine in that consciousness uh, just one point uh, what uh, came to mind is something which has always uh, interested and intrigued me mm. and um, swami has several times spoken about saint jayadeva mm. yes jayadeva and um, i think in their conversations with sai baba dr john hislap swami says jayadeva identified himself with the atman mm. and he identified the love of the gopikas and radha as the jeevas mm. and so when he wrote the gita yes. govindam when he wrote people could not understand yes. what it was he what said it, was. it is the concept of eternity which is being represented in the form of a relationship between two people yes so he says people were often misunderstood what yes. he wrote hmm. but swami has placed jayadeva according to my understanding in several of his discourses swami mm. has placed jayadeva very very high mm. and he said he was always in that yes. sphere of oneness with the lord and so his poetry reflects that yes wonderful mm. in fact i think this point of view which you were also mentioning that see a devotee's point of view can mm. be very different and swami gives a example for our ease of understanding 
and uh, he say see it's like if you take a piece of cloth a cotton material cloth the saguna worshipper that is a person who worships only a physical form as a means to get to the ultimate mm-hmm. he sees god as cloth you know but the saguna nirguna worshipper who pays attention on both the formless aspect and the form aspect looks at the thread not the cloth mm. right so no thread has a form yes right but it is also made of cotton so his attention is on the substratum which is cotton mm. at the same time it has some form the thread mm. is not absolutely formless that way mm. so relatively speaking the nirguna worshipper looks only at the substratum which is cotton right yes so whether it is saguna saguna nirguna or nirguna bhagwan says fundamentally it is just cotton yes <laughs> right <laughs> it is cotton that has been you know made into thread and it is a thread that have been woven into a piece of cloth cloth right so fundamentally it is just pure cotton that's it mm. but depending on what their attention is on some see the cloth some yes. see the thread some see, see only the cotton, cotton. right <laughs> so it is just a matter of perspective and perspective. this idea of jayadeva which is so beautiful and sublime mm. was also reflected in the state of radha yes i heard this from one of our teachers mm. and uh, you know once swami asked the students do you know who radha is mm-hmm. you know so they gave different answers you know swami had said take r and put it at the end yes. their whole aadhar dhara radha ka aadhar aadhara aradhana you know it comes yeah. like that yes. so all those answers they gave but at the end swami said union in separation separation in union, union. so which kind of bold everybody <laughs> nobody mm. got it <laughs> and then swami asked the students uh, did you understand what i told so they were all you know seeing stars there <laughs> the whole cosmos possibly was in front of them with swami himself standing there and all the stars were visible and at that time they submitted and said swami we are not able to grasp this so very compassionately swami explained and said see union in separation separation in union so radha was in union with her atmic self she identified herself with her own atmic self as krishna the krishna consciousness as it is called yes she merged her mind entirely into her own atmic self which is none other than krishna consciousness and that was a state of union when when radha was in physical separation with krishna mm. right so that is the nirguna aspect and uh, when lord krishna would manifest in front of radha physically she would you know devote all her time and energies and the entire mind was diverted into serving krishna physically so separation in union yes you know there was physical union there was the separation from the spiritual self why yes. to enjoy the avataric form yes in that way but when there was separation physically there was still union how there was spiritual union of the jivatma and the and the paramatma mm. so in this manner both saguna and nirguna having its beautiful play here and uh, in the discourse of 1973 swami very in a passing quickly mentions that god actually loves exclusively the saguna nirguna worshipper 
<laughs> oh is yeah. it mm. in a passing in fact it has not been captured by the translator also so fast mm. swami tells in telugu mm. that god favors or it yes. looked like because yes. as swami has clarified he has yes. no special favor yes. towards anybody he is one for all but it will seem like god yes. favors the one who is both saguna and nirguna mm. bhakta mm. right beautiful one statement here swami uh, mentions swami says that just like the forms and beliefs of one person are important and sacred to him it is the same for others too this understanding leads one to partition the divine then how can it be called purnam the complete one correct mm. so what swami is saying is if you have the feeling that i mean on one hand swami is very clearly saying that we should feel that the other person's faith the other person's belief system is not inferior that is as good as mine that is the thought that swami is mentioning first and i thought okay that is something you know we understand but the second thing swami is saying even if you are thinking like that you are partitioning the divine if you think that okay his god is my god is nice but his god is not inferior his god also is nice if you think my god and his god is different that thought itself should not be there because the moment you have a thought that uh, yeah you know these people they worship yeah i mean i respect their faith and you have in your mind a thought that you know that god is little different yeah than my <laughs> god that very thought some he says if you think like that then you are partitioning the divine and in that fact, is we, not purnam if we go back to the first verse that we started with uh, you know in the segment 18.2 yes swami very clearly said that see at the end of the day particular form you attribute to god it is limited and it is you know subject to your imagination yes and he said it can never be the words that swami specifically uses here is pratyaksha swarupa gyanam yes right pratyaksha means direct swarupa means your in one's own direct form like as yourself gnanam means realization that divinity alone exists and your own identity is the same divinity is pratyaksha swarupa gnanam which is an experiential realization so until one reaches yes that kind of an experience swami is saying that it is not absolute you mm. will not know like the yes. vedas declare brahma with brahmaiva bhavati in fact the original verse which is from the mundaka upanishad has a word before brahma which is para brahma with brahmaiva bhavati mm. right mm. so only if you become brahman that yes. is the transcendental self then alone will you know what that is otherwise there is no way and it will yes. never be purnam mm. there is a very interesting experience that i came across in the prashanti reporter mm-hmm. you know uh, it was published on september 26 2014 mm-hmm. a very interesting uh, uh, experience of one of followers of bhagwan who would also go and visit a great gnani by name nisargadatt maharaj mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, it seems in one of his interaction with nisargadatt maharaj he asked the master who is satya sai baba mm-hmm. and uh, nisargadatt maharaj asked a question back to him which he did not expect at all and that was what does satya sai baba say about himself mm-hmm. okay since he didn't expect this whatever came to his mind he blurted out 
and that was he is the reincarnation of shirdi sai baba <laughs> okay so nisargadatta maharaj then asked this devotee when did shirdi sai baba leave his form his mortal coil so the devotee replied maharaj in 1918 so nisargadatta maharaj continued and asked uh, when did satya sai baba assume his current form so the devotee replied uh, maharaj in 1926 nisargadatta maharaj then replied satya sai baba is the one who he was between 1918 and 1926 <laughs> you know so mm. obviously this devotee who was into saguna upasana mm. and like all of us he loved swami and he he loves his form so he was not satisfied with the answer he didn't expect that kind of an answer so nisargadatta maharaj in his own compassion he was trying to drive this devotee towards yes. what swami tells here yes. as pratyaksha swarupa gnanam yes. right so he told him do you know who satyasai baba is he is paripurna parabrahman mm. right so moment he heard these words from nisargadatta maharaj you know he was jubilant and <laughs> very very happy and all that mm. then nisargadatta maharaj did not stop there <laughs> he asked him another question uh, he said okay so what do you now understand about satyasai baba <laughs> me having said this that he is paripurna parabrahma parabrahman how has your understanding of sai baba improved tell mm. me so he was dumbfounded because he realized that jo it though it led to his joy he, mm. it it had not improved his understanding of swami or what paripurna parabrahman really meant mm. you know and uh, that is when the maharaj nesadat maharaj told this bewildered disciple uh, this devotee a very very unique sentence and i would like to you know quote it verbatim as it was published in the prashanti reporter and it says and i quote idle curiosity and vain words are of no use to an aspirant hmm. try to know yourself when you realize who you are you will realize who shri satyasai baba is <laughs> beautiful what a beautiful statement when you realize who you are parabrahma with brahmaiva bhavati when you realize who you are you will automatically know who satyasai baba is yes. <laughs> you know so i think all the masters wow. including swami i quickly am able to remember a experience yes. of one of our um, teachers in the university they were recipients of many interviews and this was around the year 2001 or so uh, when they received the last interview as a family mm-hmm. and uh, you know this teacher was very kind to share this experience which is very important for us until then swami was very playful as you described <laughs> they also enjoyed swami as krishna in fact mm. the best days that the teacher enjoyed with swami was in brindavan mm. you know and literally swami was like krishna and mm. you know some experiences go like you know swami would call him into his room mm. and uh, swami would be acting as if he is sleeping right <laughs> and from the window the sunlight would come and fall on swami's face so this boy would see Uh, the teacher was a student at that point so as a boy he would see that the sunlight is disturbing swami it is falling straight on swami's face so he wanted to you know protect swami's face from the direct sunlight so and there was no way to get to the window why because swami's room is so small so mm. tiny literally if you account for swami's cot 
there is no way to get to the window unless you cross over swami Mm. So this boy looked at one of the caretakers of Swami who was around, and he said, "Brother, can I go? There's no mm. other way to close the window." And the caretaker signaled mm. that yes, you can go and close the window. The only way I would like to reiterate to go to the window was to place one leg across Swami's physical form, which was mm. apparently sleeping there, mm. and then go across and close the window. So this boy was shivering. because he shouldn't disturb swami and he is going to cross swami mm. <laughs> so he put one leg across and he's trembling and all his attention is on the fact that it sh- he should not cause any disturbance to swami he was about to cross over and swami opened his eyes oh right? my god <laughs> so the other gentleman the boy the other student who was taking care of swami at that point in swami's room witness that swami opened his eyes so he was about to call out to this boy but swami indicated very mysteriously that don't disturb him don't tell anything keep quiet okay so this boy who was still trembling slowly put both his feet across swami went to the window and swami was acting as if he was sleeping and he closed the window he checked if the sunlight is not falling and it did not fall so he felt ah now swami can sleep you know peacefully he can take rest and he had to come back the same route no other way so this time again he put one leg across swami swami's form and he was about to put the other leg swami got up and said who <laughs> <laughs> he scared him and he fell on swami oh my god <laughs> this boy actually fell fell down on swami's leg you know and that is the playful swami he is krishna mm. see this is the kind of swami that he enjoyed mm. this particular student who eventually became a faculty in the university he was talking about his final interview with swami okay with this kind of a background it's very important to understand what's going to happen in this interview room 2001 final interview with swami as usual swami being the perfect host you know he opens the door allows everybody in turns on the light and the fan and all that and he bolts the interview room door after everybody has settled swami himself is bolting the interview room door so his back is towards them usually swami would joyfully walk like their beloved krishna and sit on the chair and ask em samacharam they would have good time this time swami bolted and turned around and threw a thunderbolt at them he turned around and said enta sepu ee shariram venakala veltarra he said mm. how long will you run behind this, this body? body this was how swami started the interview this was shocking for them you know and swami went and sat and he continued the entire discussion or discourse from swami in the interview to the family was on how long they will run behind the physical form of swami right so this young teacher confessed to swami he said swami we have loved your form all our life in fact it may be difficult for us to live our life without your form like this every day runs because we remember the experiences we have with you all the wonderful you know things we enjoyed in your company all that is what sustains our life our entire life revolves around you swami and today you are saying how long will you run behind this what else will we do swami how will we lead our life swami said tunapota how many times swami has told that i am not this form 
know me as the power that is behind this form there is a power that is behind this form know me as that power don't run behind this form and again this teacher put forth this question to swami and said swami but how do we do that and uh, swami gave a very simple reply and said after having told you all these decades hundreds of time on how to seek the power the absolute that is behind this form you still ask me the question premara he said yes love love is mm. the only way through which you can recognize this truth and in fact bhagwan in this chapter, chapter of yes. vaini <laughs> we'll come to that and yes. also the 1973 uh, samarshavas very clearly says that unless your heart is filled with love this love has to be merged into the source of this love that is the yes. only way by, by which you will know the swami who he really is yes you know that functions through his divine form wow only then prema vahini can ensure that our lives become a vahini of prema yes. <laughs> i mean that is what is the goal uh, i think until our lives become that stream of love we have to keep reading prema vahini <laughs> keep reading and keep assimilating and keep seeing how we can take bits of it and make it part of our life and that should be the goal i mean you had uh, prema take the form such a beautiful form and uh, not only speak about it but so kindly some you wrote all this you know and now we're really grateful to bhagwan that he has given us uh, this precious wealth and even as we are grateful i think it is our duty to somehow even as we do so many other million things in our life <laughs> and you know trying to make ends meet uh, now only way we have to take time out and spend time because this is what will ensure that our lives are really filled with the bliss that you know we talked about uh, sachidananda in the previous episode so that our lives are filled with that uh, eternal bliss thank you so much brother saigirida so dear listeners uh, we have to wind up this current session but i'm sure uh, we want to have many more very interesting sessions uh, in this chapter 18 the word prema first time appears in prema vaini in this chapter so i know we are going very slow but we just relishing just enjoying what bhagwan has written and you too please when you have time open the pages of prema vaini and as you read do share your thoughts and insights and if you have any particular discussion that you want us to have in this program please feel free to write to us As always you can write to listener at radiosai.org thank you so much sada you were listening to an episode of our program wahini satsang this episode was first aired on the 12th april 2018 as part of thursday live from prashantinilam on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai. Thank you and Sai Ram.